Hello, mystery and thriller fans. My name is Jess, and this is CamCat Unwrapped. You've been listening to Dead on My Feet by Patricia Broderick, and I have Pat Broderick here with us virtually in studio. Pat, thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. So excited to get to chat with you about your book. So before we get started and before we jump right in, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, gee. Well, I'm from New Hampshire originally. Um, I um, have been a journalist forever. Um, Started in print, spent um, a number of years in public television, magazines, and all kinds of things. had many adventures and uh, met interesting people. And I've been, um, my family, uh, in San Diego for since 1989. So um, it's a great place to live. And now I'm working on fiction. I wanted to pursue my ultimate dream of writing fiction. Oh, amazing. Well, Dead on My Feet has been so much fun to read. So I'm so glad that you did (laughs) pursue that dream. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So you said you're a journalist. I know you said your husband is a journalist as well earlier. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. Nellie Bly is also a journalist. Was there any part of that character that was informed by you in your life? No, not really, except when I was growing up. Um, I love writing and I read a biography of Nellie Bly. In fact, my daughter gave me a complete set of her lost works. She wrote a lot of fiction that people don't realize. And yeah, and she was what they call a muckraker back then or a sob sister. Um, she did exposés and she'd go undercover. I always thought that was fascinating. I figured, wow, this is a fascinating woman out of the 1800s. So that kind of inspired me. And I thought, well, this would be a good email address for me. And then when I started writing, I said, that would be a good character's name for me. Yeah, no, it's a great name. Uh, that's so crazy. I had no idea that she was an actual journalist. That's very cool. Oh, oh, yeah. She she got very, very famous. So. And I remembered at one point in your book, you had mentioned that Nellie Bly was also a pen name for her and her name was, or at least the character's real name was Elizabeth. Is that true for the real Nellie Bly too? Elizabeth Cochran. Yeah. Her name was Elizabeth Cochran and she took a pen name. Um, to pursue this. It was very hard for women back in those days um, to to do this kind of thing. Um, but um, she did it. Wow. Yeah, clearly. That is so neat. Uh, so in the book, you reference so many different types of animals, obviously the elephants, but then I won't spoil anything, but there are a lot of different animals that get mentioned in this book, the birds too, the cats. What are you an animal lover? What made you want to bring all of these different animals into your book? Um, no, I have a cat, um, and my um, my younger daughter, the artist, um, did caricatures at the zoo for a long, long time. Um, but um, no, I it was um, something that was happening the smuggling of of endangered animal parts, and I thought that would make an interesting story. Um, And so I figured, okay, we have this big, beautiful zoo in San Diego, so I could weave that in as well. But uh, I am not, I don't have a lot of um, 
knowledge about animals, you know, in particular. So I did lots of research. <laughs> really? Okay. So what kind of research did you have to do yeah. to inform that aspect of the story? Just to to make sure I was referencing the animals correctly and, um, you know, task trunks, all that kind of stuff, hoofs, feet, <laughs> make sure I knew what I was talking about. Um, and uh, so, you know, things like that. Sure. Okay. So you had mentioned that you drew reference from something that was happening in the real world. That's so cool. Are there other things that inspired yes. you yeah. to well, incorporate in your story? That was pretty much it. I was, I figured, um, I used to work in La Jolla. Um, and when I was, uh, I was doing, um, news then too. And, um, it's a coastal area. So smuggling is always an interesting possibility. So I used a lot of those areas um, in in the book, even though I changed the spelling of La Jolla and put a J in it. Uh, it's still La Jolla. Um, and there's a lot of wealthy people. And so I figured, well, this would be a good place to have a setting for the smuggling of endangered animals and, and parts. Right. Yeah. And they've got that zoo right there, too. So it makes a lot of sense that there would be a lot of animals around. <laughs> And nobody would really question Oh, it. yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I just found so entertaining about your story is that there are a lot of almost fourth wall breaks where you're hearing Nellie's inner monologue and it's just really fun because you feel like she's talking to you directly. Why did you make that choice? I just like the idea of having her her voice. I think she's she's kind of funny. She's amusing. She doesn't take herself seriously. Uh, she always fig figures that she's less than, you know, because she has phobias like water <laughs> and things like that and heights and various things. And she's surrounded by people who always seem to know where they're going, what they're doing. Um, so I thought it'd be fun for her to share her little asides, you know, kind of stage whispers and things. Yeah, I felt like it was something that she's relatable, I think. That was exactly what I was about to say. It made her character feel so real and relatable. You could see that she had flaws. You could see that there was just development there. And it was really, really fun to read. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's now Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, but it, it was cool because I just felt like even though I couldn't relate in any way, shape, or form to being a journalist and putting myself in someone's shoes like that and going out and putting myself in the direct line of danger, I felt like I could put myself in her shoes because she was just the way that she oh, thinks. Good. I was able to relate to the way that she thinks. And it was so similar to my thought process. And she, so. she likes sensible shoes too. I'm like Kate who likes fancy food, like Milo's shoes and <laughs> designer shoes. <laughs> Right. Well, I'm so glad that you mentioned Kate because she was my favorite character that you wrote about. Um, what inspired that character? I know that also I felt like there were a lot of parallels between Kate and Nellie's mom just being very aloof and women of the world. What? Yeah. What inspired those characters? Because they were just great. No, um, actually, composites. Um, pretty much Kate was completely out of my imagination um she's such a fanciful and i like b movies and film noir and uh she was supposed to be out of that period so i thought that would be fun where nelly's mother is more sensible but she's a, a free spirit 
and she's fearless and she goes out and she's a globetrotter. So the fact that Nellie is kind of in between these two forces of nature, um, she has to keep finding her inner strength and figure, I can be equal to this, you know, and some, when, when I'm in some kind of a dilemma or crisis, I'm going to have to rise to the occasion. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I loved how often Nellie drew inspiration from her own women in her life, the people who she felt empowered by. That was really special. Okay, I have a totally random yeah. question for you, um, but I was just fresh on the brain. I had a very clear image in my brain of who I imagined playing each of your characters. If there were to be a movie oh, of good. this book, do you have any sort of casting that you think you would cast as your characters? Well, of course, for Kate, I would have loved to have Betty White, and that's not an option anymore. So, uh, you know, maybe one of the grand doms, uh, one of the grand doms, you know, uh, Helen Mirren or Judy Dench, you know, somebody like that. Um, Meryl Streep, <laughs> maybe. Uh, for Nellie, I'm really not sure. Um, there'd probably be a lot of possibilities. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like any sort of girl next door type actress would be able to do her. In my head, I pictured for for uh, Lady Catherine Cavendish, maybe just because of her role on Schitt's Creek, Moira Rose, uh, Catherine O'Hara, I just thought would be such a, a perfect, very lavish She'd be great. <laughs> Lady Cavendish. She'd be perfect. I love Catherine O'Hara. She's she's wonderful. Who do you want for Nellie? <laughs> Ooh, hmm. for Nellie, like you said, I feel like there are a lot of people who, uh, who could step into that role because she really is just so relatable. I feel like, ah, uh, I could see. Oh gosh, what is the name of the woman in the movie? Oh gosh, she's really, um, she's in so many movies. But she was in the notebook. She's got that beautiful reddish hair. Do you know who I'm talking about, Gabe? Oh. Huh? <laughs> Julianne Moore? No, but I think she could be good too. Um, I think it's she Rachel something. Rachel McAdams. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Rachel McAdams. <laughs> oh. That is who I was thinking okay, of. Okay, well, call Rachel. Ask her if she wants to do my movie. <laughs> I think that would just be a really incredible cast. I could totally see the two of them, Catherine O'Hara and Rachel McAdams, playing off of each other. Or even if, like, as you said, Judy Dench. Or, I just think that would be such a great little <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're a colorful bunch with Finn and Scylla. And they're, they're all very colorful people. They all have their own. I love that. I thought that was another thing that really made the story feel so relatable and real was that everybody had their own unique personality and character traits and flaws that you could kind of latch on to and really see what they would be like in person. So that was really, really neat. So this is obviously one of those cozy mysteries that you curl up on the couch with. Do you have a special connection to the mystery genre or do you feel like it was just the nature of the story? What made you choose mystery as your genre to write? Well, I enjoy the genre. I, mean, I like reading everything, but I like re reading mysteries. I think I like being able to try to solve things. Um, I would read all kinds. I read hard-boiled ones and and cozies and all across the board. 
Michael Conley and Jeffrey Deaver and all those people. Um, so it's kind of a mixed bag, but I just I just like the the challenge of trying to work these puzzles out. Sure, yeah. Which is probably why I enjoy doing Wordle every day. <laughs> oh, I'm also a big puzzler, so Wordle absolutely has my attention. <laughs> I was late to the party, yeah. but now it's I'm hooked just like everybody else. Hey, I got it in two yesterday, so I was magnificent, they said. Ooh, that is pretty magnificent. I just I wonder what percentage that was luck. <laughs> of people. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> that happened to me the the one or two times that I've been able to get it into same exact thing. <laughs> we were just talking yeah. about Wordle and one of our Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about Wordle in one of our team meetings and apparently they have all different versions now where it's uh what is it? Oh, they Quintuple do. Wordle. Yeah, I didn't even realize. Oh god, I know. Yeah, my daughter is I I'm going to just stick to five letters. I'm already obsessed. Once a day, that's it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's all you need. (laughs) I think, yeah, that's a pretty good marketing thing on their end as well. (laughs) It is. Yeah. So to bring things back to the book, uh, I was wondering how you were able to, or maybe just what kind of research you had to do. Obviously this feels very lighthearted and, and like it's incorporated a lot of the dark humor aspects as well. So what made you make that choice rather than kind of let it be a dark brooding mystery. It was a, a fun, you know, almost Scooby-Doo-like adventure for Nellie and her friends to kind of figure out. It's sort of how my brain works, I think. Um, I like um, kind of the absurdist, funny kind of things like that. And I thought, all right, but with cozies, there are rules. And there's certain things you can and cannot do. Like, there is gore in my book, but it's not graphic. It's not something that hits you in the face. And um, it's out there, but you hear about it. Um, and then you hear Nellie and her friends kind of, they're not making light of it, but they're they are still, you know, sharing witticisms about the situation, even when they're in peril. You know, they, they manage to do that. Absolutely, yeah. No, it seemed like there was always a, an element of fun and whimsy to even, yeah, as you said, when they were in peril, whenever they were in danger, they were still obviously taking it seriously, but kind of making witty comments to each other. And, and it just felt like it was never one of those things that the tension was so palpable. Yeah. It's like Star Wars. They were always, they were doing that too, quips and stuff like that. (laughs) And I think just, as we were saying before, the character traits that these people had and how you could see that they had flaws and that they were all kind of taking it kind of easy, really making it feel like a lighthearted mystery that they were all trying to solve together. Um, and I think this also lends to the ending a little bit. Everybody felt like a suspect at some point or another um, because they were yeah. <laughs> all with their flaws and all with, you know, their their little witty banter. Uh, so was that intentional? Did you want to make it sound like all of these characters could be the bad guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I tried to have as many suspects out there as possible. You always want to have kind of like a surprise at the end. And uh, and the end, I think, is pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty out there. <laughs> I won't give it away, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 
it's pretty like wild and wacky and not expected, I think. No, absolutely not. I was really stunned. I remember sitting there. I was listening as I was doing my dishes and I stopped doing my dishes. I put my sponge down and my mouth just was <laughs> wide open as I was like, no, really? <laughs> um, so I'm sure that was exactly your intention in writing it too, is to have your audience respond like that. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. Can you tell us anything else about your process in writing this book? I know you said you did a lot of research on animals and then, you know, a lot of your character was informed by a real life um, journalist. So is there more that you can tell us about writing this book? I Well, sure. Um, I don't sit down with an outline. I'm not an outline person. I sit down, I see the blank page on my laptop and I start writing. I will just start writing. There's no blocks. Blocks do not exist for me. I just write. And then eventually you think, okay, and then other ideas come to mind. And then dialogue. Sometimes I'll be out doing something. Um, and at one point I was at the gym um, before COVID and taking walks and a dialogue would start looping. And I'd say, oh, and I'd run back, write it down, you know. I'm always taking notes and saying that would be good. So it's all very spontaneous for the first draft, you know, and then of course for the second draft, everything has to you have to make sure you cut out a lot of stuff you don't need. It's amazing how much you don't need <laughs> at some point. Um, my better my better reader um, and editor would say, ah, you know, maybe you could get rid of this stuff, or hey, this is really good, keep that. So um, it's good to have a fresh set of eyes, and and my husband used to read the pages every night too. So. Um, but I like to keep it spontaneous. I don't know necessarily where it's taking me till I'm pretty much there. I really love that. I really admire that approach. So when you started coming up with the story, you didn't even know who the killer was going to be? No, I didn't actually. I was waiting for them to tell me. I figured, okay, the characters will tell me how it's going. And at some point you, you create these characters and they become very real. And they kind of start talking to you. Okay, I can't do this or I won't do that. Yes, I can do that. <laughs> I want to be the hero, you know, that kind of thing. I really love that. I think that's so cool. And obviously it all came together really well. And again, without spoiling anything, I feel like a lot of things came full circle. So I thought that was so well done. So oh. taking this approach where you said, you know, you just kind of go about your life and whenever inspiration strikes, you write down a note really quickly. How long did it take you to write this book? At the same time, it took me to have a baby, you know, eight or nine months for <laughs> the first draft. Um, and then, of course, and you yeah, have the second draft, and, you know, then all the tweakage after that. But the essential one took about eight or nine months to get it all together. And that was just because, you know, you were living the story, so to speak, by having it play out in your mind and, and making it up as you go. Yeah, even when you, even when you quit for the day. You quit for the day, you're making dinner, you're watching TV, whatever. Oh, yeah, I know what I can do now. I'm going to run up and, you know, take this note and I could do this and that. So it's always kind of there. Oh, I love that. That's so neat. I feel like that's such a, so different from yeah. the way that you usually hear in like writer workshops or something about how to write a story. It's usually like come up with your outline, know where your story is going to take you. So I love that you were able to write something that really felt like it had a natural flow by just 
yeah. going to I the mean, gym I, and, and yeah. thinking of it on the fly. That's so neat to me. Yeah. Waking up in the morning and going, oh, yeah, that's another good idea. Okay, I'll have to do that. Or did I answer that question? Oh, I forgot to do that. I have to go back and address that because I said this over here. You know, <laughs> a lot of moving parts. Yeah, and I feel like you really have to remember the things that you've already said and just really keep the story fresh in your mind. I always get so yeah, <laughs> not angry or anything, but a little bummed out when I'm watching a show that I really like or reading a book that I really like or whatever form of media I'm consuming and they have a really big continuity error. And I'm like, ah, oh, but you posed this question earlier and then you're completely ignoring it later. Uh, a friend of mine and I, I'm watching the Harry Potter movies for the first time. I, I know that that's kind of a... Oh, great movies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a, a terrible thing to be doing so late in my life. Most of the people who I'm friends with watched them years ago. But a friend of mine and I, he, he's showing them to me for the first time. And there will be questions that I'll ask in one movie. And I'll be like, I feel like I still have this question. And he's like, oh, yeah, they just never address that ever again. Uh, so as mu- as great as the movies are, and I'm sure the books too, I've always kind of felt like uh, uh, starting and stopping, like wondering all about the world and then getting cut off. So I think it's so great that you were able oh to God. really build this story that didn't leave me, it left me wanting more and that I want more from the characters, but didn't leave me feeling like I had any sort of sputtering starts where these questions are being posed and then completely ignored later. <laughs> I, I don't know how she managed to keep up with all of the, all of the, I saw all the movies with, with the girls, my daughters, and uh, got them all the books and a lot of stuff in there. And I'm thinking, but it's good to have your better reader um, that is, um, or beta reader, I don't know how to pronounce that, um, your second reader to uh, point that out, continuity, that, so you go back and you say, yeah, I've got to address that situation. You always have to have another set of eyes there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, the consumer, I really appreciate it when I feel like things are just making sense to me and and like all of my questions are being answered. But I'm also impatient, too. So I have a hard time watching movie series (laughs) like that because I'm like, wait, but what happened here? And my friend's like, just relax. That question will be answered later. (laughs) I do that all the time at night with my husband. Yeah. (laughs) I'll say, wait a minute. Didn't they just say in this one? And then... (laughs) I think that just makes us really fun people to watch movies with. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just gets annoyed. Oh, well, let's wait till the end and they'll answer all those questions. A lot of times they don't answer all those questions. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I have a couple more questions before we wrap up. Uh, the first being, what are you reading right now? Are there any books that you just feel like are really in line with the kind of things that you would be writing. What? Oh, okay. We've got, uh, for those of you listening. I happen to have this. I happen to have this. John Sanford, uh, he does the uh, the ocean. This is Ocean Prey. He does a whole series. Um, they have Prey at the end. He has like a million of them. Um, really good, interesting, fascinating page turner kind of things, um, which I I love. Um, so I always have, and I have a whole bunch, my husband and I's idea of date night is go to the bookstore. We love going to the bookstore. We have books, so many books everywhere. And, um, Lee Child, I love reading him. I always have something going. He always has something going. So it just, 
fun for me to, to read. I love that. I For those of you who are listening at home and aren't watching the video, Pat held a book up to the camera and I believe it was it Oceans of, what was it called? Ocean, Ocean Prey, John, John Sanford. Yeah, very good book. Yeah, it, it seems like it's really interesting. I love that you and your husband go and have uh, bookstore dates. That's very sweet. That's oh, yeah. the kind of relationship we spend I a fortune. <laughs> yeah, and people who know us give us gift cards, special occasions, book bookstore gift cards. We are happy with it. Wow, those are good friends. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Yeah, I really just, I loved reading your book so much. It has been so fun for me to get to know the characters. And like I said, I feel like I am still craving more. I still want to know more about what their experiences are. And and I'm excited to read more about Nellie Bly. And do you, you said you might have a sequel coming out? Well, I hope I, it's done. It's submitted. It's called Dead to Me. And it picks up a few months later. Uh, Nellie is starting to get weird messages from the father she never knew. Oh. Completely a mystery to her. Interesting. And then one thing leads to another, and they're offering another adventure. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I'm so excited to read more on that. I really did love this book so much. Like I think I wrote, I'd written to you in an email uh, that it was one of the few you books I've read in a while that actually made me giggle out loud as I was listening to it. So it was really... That made my day. Yes, really, it did. Yeah. Thank you so much. That oh, of great. course. And it was the absolute truth. It was just such a joy to read it. I'm so excited for Dead to Me to be coming out very soon, hopefully through CamCat. You said that you've submitted it. So hopefully we will get to... Maybe I'll get to put my eyes on it, one of the earlier drafts, which would be amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. To wrap this up, um, I don't actually know the answer to this question, but do you have any social media accounts that you want to promote, any big events that are coming up, um, anything that you kind of want to tell us as far as where we can find you and how to follow your work in the future? Well, we are going to have um, a, a panel, uh, Publishes Weekly, coming up uh, later. Um, CampCat has a panel, and I'm going to be on there with um, a couple of other people. Uh, we're going to talk about how it, how our day jobs influenced our character. In my case, I'm a journalist, and Nellie is a journalist as well. So I thought that that might be a lot of fun to do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that does sound like a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that. Uh, you guys can find more information on that in our bio, and we'll make sure to link all of that so that you guys can stay up to date with what Pat is doing. Um, I really, I, I think that's all the questions I really have for you, but it has been so lovely chatting with you, Pat. Thank you so much for coming on. You too, Jess. It really has been. I really appreciate um, the, the chat and the conversation. It was a lot of fun. Patricia, thank you so much again for joining us. You can find Dead on My Feet in audiobook, ebook, and print formats on our website, camcatbooks.com. You can find CamCat Unwrapped on all major podcasting platforms, or you can watch us on our YouTube channel, CamCat Publishing. And make sure you follow us on social media at CamCat Books. Thank you so much for tuning in and unwrapping another one of our books to live in with me. My name is Jess, and I'll see you next time here on CamCat Unwrapped.